So um, I'm going to talk about prayer today, and um, I'm just going to give some some points and you know about essential the essentials to effective prayer. I won't be able to really spend that much time on it because these topics are very involved, <laughs> and so um, this is an ebook practically. Um, but um, but however. Um, this is this would re, it would require you to do your own study and research and an application on your own after this because it's so in depth and as you receive these instructions and apply these nuggets of truth on prayer you will gain the tools for a biblically based prayer life with guaranteed results for success okay so um as you know the key to well you know let's pray father we thank you we thank you for your Goodness and your loving kindness, you are so, so good. Oh, you're here, Jesus. Thank you. Father, thank you for the word that is going to go forth today. Thank you that their hearts are soft to receive. Father God, I just take authority over all hindrances, all distraction in Jesus' name, Lord God. Father God, I thank you that your angels, your ministering spirits are ministering the word of God and make bringing it clearer, Holy Spirit. You're their tutor. You're teaching them as you're teaching through me. And Father God, I thank you that this word will be life-changing and transformative. And I thank you that they will, the end result, Lord God, that these will be your prayer warriors, Lord God, and that you will get the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So as you know, the key to, to success in the things of God is consistency. I remember uh, seeing in my former church, seeing Tudor Bismarck, and he was talking about how um, demons literally get in the face of believers and they take a bet and make bets on how consistent we're going to be in terms of the things of God. And so I want them to lose their bets. So, um, so we have to remain consistent. And my prayer is that you make a decision today in this setting to give your time, your focus, your energy, and your commitment to prayer. Because when you do that, you are certain to receive the desired results. So I'm going to lay a foundation, and then we'll talk about prayer. So the first part of the foundation is identity. And we have sonship with God, and but it doesn't stop there. It's Our sonship is way more in-depth than that. So in Genesis 1.26... It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over, the, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we come from royalty, an aristocratic dynasty, and we're born to rule simply because there's a king in you. There's a king in you. 1 Timothy 6.15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only, I put the, I put the pronunciation because I can't pronounce this word, potentate, 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 thank you, potentate, um, um, the king of kings and the lord of lords. You see, every seed produces after its own kind. And so God, when he created us, he created another him. You with me? Okay. So, 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are cho a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, 
that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So you are called to greatness. You are chosen to reign and you are to lead in your sphere of influence with holy boldness. Micah 4, 9 says, not why dost thou cry out aloud? Is there no king in thee? So is there no king in you? Why sometimes we can speak from a place of defeat or why would we speak from low self-esteem and low self-image? Take dominion and rule. Let the king stand up in you. Genesis 17 and 5 and 6. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee. That sounds like that image and likeness thing. And I will make thee exceeding, exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Sounds like the king of kings and the lord of lords. And it sounds like the seed also producing after its own kind. Now, this is really going to deliver your pizza. Okay. So, Psalms 82, verses 1 through 6. And I want to show that one. Okay. He presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the most high. Next verse. Oh, that's where it's last one. So question, you are gods. Whom is there? Whom are they speaking of? Us. We are gods. The, you know, not big G, but little G. I mean, Christian is little Christ. So we have that same ability and authority that God has that we are to operate in the earth. Now, I know some of you may have said, well, Wendy, that's in the Old Testament. So, John 10, <laughs> 33 and 35. We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for the blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Well, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I have said, you are gods. So the Jews replied, you know, they, they, they're a man. So anyway, <laughs> we, we are, we are, we're a little G. We're little, we're little Christ's. Amen. So it's, um, we can operate and function in the earth just like the father. Ephesians 5, 1 says, therefore be imitators of God, copy him. And follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. So now that we have this, this knowledge and awareness that we are royalty, God has given us authority. 
You received this authority when you were born again. God first created Adam. He said, let them have dominion. And that, and that is in Genesis 1.26. That dominion is authority. In verse 28 of the same chapter, God's passing on that authority to mankind. God is really big on authority. In James 4, 7, it says, you've got to submit to God's authority. Then resist the devil and he will flee. See, sometimes, sometimes people leave out that submit part. They just say resist the devil and he will flee. But it requires us to submit to the, to the will of God in order for and in, in our submission, we get the empowerment to resist Satan, and he has to go. Nothing should happen in this planet without the church's permission. You have the spirit of God in you, and you have the name of Jesus, and the world doesn't have that. They don't have that kind of authority. If you don't know your authority, the devil will take it and whip you with it. Make sure you understand your authority, because this right here, is what you're going to use to take authority with. Authority, we have it right here in our mouths. And it's the enemy's job to affect our thinking so that he can snatch your authority. Remember, he's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Job twenty two twenty eight says, A king shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. So whatever God speaks is, period. And it's no different with us. Angels hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord is the word of God that we speak. So understanding the authority of the believer is a top importance in working with God in prayer. For one thing, believers who understand it are not afraid. They're, they humbly operate in the authoritative power. So there are two words that, have, that define authority. Two Greek words. Dunamis which is inherent power, the power of reproducing itself, dynamo, Acts 1 and 8. Exusa, exousia, which is authority or delegated power, the liberty and right to put forth power, John 1 and 12. So in this next scripture that I'm going to read, I took the liberty of personalizing it, putting myself in the scripture, so that you can, one, get an understanding of the authority you have in prayer, the authority that you have in Jesus, and also pray on how to pray God's word. Luke 10, 19. Do you have that? Awesome, awesome. Behold, <laughs> I give you, Wendy, power, which is authority, exousia, to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power, ability, that's dunamis, of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means Hurt you, Wendy. Make it personal. When you're reading the word, say it out loud so the ear in your heart can hear it. If you really look at the word heart, the word ear is in the middle of the word heart. <laughs> so say it out loud. I, I know I, I want to help break the timidity in terms of saying the word out loud or decreeing the word out loud. I don't want anyone to hear me. And, you know, because it's going to come to, it's going to come a time and everybody goes through it. I've been through it where temptation will come and you're not going to have that Bible in front of you. You got to have that word in you. And you, when the enemy comes in, 
like a flood, the word in you, the Lord in you will raise up a standard against him. And you got to say it out loud. You know, you have to give, the, you know, which is exercising your authority, enforcing the word in the earth. Authority is as strong as the power behind it because God himself is behind our authority. And that's why the word of God declares that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world, 1 John 4 and 4. So the devil and his forces are obligated to recognize and obey our authority. So when, where, where, where is Jesus? Where is he seated? In heavenly places. So, which is far above all principality and all power. And, and it's like, that's like a general over a private. You know, it's like, this is, this is where we are. We're not a little bit over Satan. You know, one translation, I believe it's the Greek, it says that we, we're far, 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 far above principality and power. So it's like, how dare Satan have the audacity to try to put sickness on you and sickness on me? The devil is a liar. We have to come to the... Ooh. If there is fear of the enemy, get rid of it at all costs. Because that's what he needs. God uses faith. The enemy uses fear. And it's Job himself said, it's the, the fear that the fear of what is it? Oh God, I don't have a, I got my phone up here. Hey man, praise God. Um, the very thing he feared came upon him. You know, I think about the movie Green Lantern. I am really off my notes. Um, the movie Green Lantern. And it, it's like, um, it was like the decree that they had for the, the people, the, the Green Lantern people. I don't know what it's called. I've only seen it twice. But, <laughs> and it was like, but the, that big old googly mook thing that was behind him. And he was just saying like, you know, pretty much like he's going to die and, and he's going to kill his family. And what he was doing in the midst of all of that and he, that enemy was saying that to him, those lies, he was declaring that Green Lantern decree. And that's the same thing that we have to do. In the face of adversity, in the face of the enemy, when he comes to give a bad report, when the doctor comes to give a prognosis, you say, you know what, doctor? I know you're just practicing and I thank you for that, but by his stripes, I am already healed. And you have to do it boldly and in the face of the person. So that timidity, which is nothing but a cousin of fear, you have to get rid of it. Get rid of it. Satan, in the book of Isaiah, oh, wow. In the book of Isaiah, it talks about how um, finally Satan is revealed. And they said, this is this little, this thing here was causing all this havoc. This little thing here was causing all this problem and trouble. He's nobody. He's a punk. He's a punk. He's a clown with no makeup. I know you five minute fueler listeners heard me say that before. He's a, he's a clown with no makeup. It says he, he goes around acting like a, lion, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He is not a lion. He's snaggatooth. He's gummy bear. He doesn't even have any teeth. You know? <laughs> but we are bold as a lion, so we're just like the lion. And if you think about a lion, my former pastor said this. He said, a lion is not the biggest 
creature in the jungle. Who's the biggest creature? The elephant. He's certainly not the tallest. The tallest would be the giraffe. But as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He thinks he's bigger and badder than any other animal in that jungle. And guess what? He gets respected. That's the authority. And that's the authority that Satan has to bow to that comes from you, that comes from me. Amen? Praise God. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. So... <laughs> Um, so this is the, that's the kind of authority that you need when you pray. That's the kind of authority that you, you, we need to, to, to take dominion in this earth. And the Holy Spirit's got to be the one to reveal that to you. He's the teacher. He, the whole Bible says that we have an unction from the Holy One, and we know all things, so we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So in, whom, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan's job is to blind the mind so that you can't see who you really are. Remember the Lion King? He said, remember who you are. You know, I, I had, um, I am really getting off my nose. I had a... Um, I had, two weeks ago, I had a dream. I, I went through, I, I lost my job in 2019, and I, it, was, it really crushed me. It really, really crushed me, and it, my self-esteem took a hit. And um, it was like I, I had a dream about my old hairdresser when I was like five and six, and, and, she, and she was trying to do my hair, and, and I was like, oh, it's not as nappy as I thought. You know, our hair is coarse, you know, so... Um, but it was just like, oh, it's not as nappy as I thought. And then I said, well, what do I owe you? And then she said, oh, just pay me the highest price. That's, that's the, uh, the plan for MTV. I'm like, MTV? So I'm trying to look on my phone and see what, you know, the dream, in the, the gist of the dream was I found out that she's no longer a hairstylist. She's a minister. So I, I got up. It was time to get up. And, you know, the body wakes up and stuff like that. So I, I was washing my hands and I, I just, I was like half asleep and I said, I'm a minister. I forgot all about that. Because I, this is me, I allowed Satan to rob me of my identity through a negative circumstance that I went through. I let that negative circumstance define who I was. I forgot all about I went through ministry school and all that other stuff. And, and it's just, I just forgot. And it just erected me to where I was just like weeping wells of tears that day, the whole day. And it's like God wants you to, your identity is where your power lies. If you think about a celebrity where they go, they, they want, they go to a restaurant and they feel like they wait, they're waiting too long. Well, I'm, 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 I'm Channing Tatum. Okay, and you still got 50 minutes before, your next, <laughs> before you're able to sit down. But they throw that, that identity because they, there's power behind there so that they can go in and get, in and get served before someone else. It's no different for, uh, for us, but not for selfish reasons, but so that God can establish his agenda in the earth through prayer. And you got to know who you are. Okay, I'm back on my, I'm back on my note. Righteousness. 
Righteousness has everything to do with your successful prayer life. Once you get born again, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You don't have to feel a thing. You, you can't feel it anyway. You're, you're, you're just, you're right with him. People are trying to feel righteousness. It's, it's not a feeling. The nature of God is righteousness, and the nature of the enemy is iniquity. 1 John 5, 17 says that all unrighteousness is sin. And one of the ways that the enemy tries to manage God's people is to keep them in sin consciousness, to keep them of what they did yesterday or back in yesteryear or with guilt and shame. Self-consciousness is a disease of the spirit, and it, it won't let you walk upright. It, it, it forbids prayers from being answered. I mean, it, it totally wipes out faith. So the, in James 5 and 16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 21, he took our sin on him and gave us his righteousness. So it's not our righteousness, it's, it's God's righteousness that we have. So if you're, so you're righteous not because you feel right or not because you're doing everything right. Doing everything right and, 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 and purity and all, that's holiness, that's a behavior. But the righteousness is your nature. We have the nature of the Father in us. So, but the, the, the conflict is like, you know, we're trying to whip this, this flesh into shape. You know, what we used to do, and we want, we went, we went clubbing. I used to club five days a week. And when I went to school, too, and work. That's why I got bags under my eyes right now. <laughs> but then it was funny. Really? Okay. But it was funny. I went to a club called the Prop House. And... And it was like this guy came up on me, and he was just dancing. Nasty bugger, but he was just dancing on me. And, and, I, and then he just walked off. And I'm like, okay. And then I just kind of went back to like a high table like this. And the Lord showed me Jesus. And he showed me Jesus, dressed really nice too. And he was dancing with a, a girl like how the guy was dancing with me. And God said, does that look right? I said, no, it doesn't. He said, you just make, let's, let this be your last time coming into a club. And that was the last time I came to a club. Because that, that was not right. That was not right. And so God, if we screw up, he's so faithful and graceful and merciful. He'll say, okay, let's just... Let's just, let's just start. Get up. Come on. Let's just start over. Just, just, let's just keep going. We'll do it again. If we screw up, you know, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll clean all it up. Don't even worry about it. Just leave that there. Just come on, and we'll try it again. He doesn't even want you to clean up your own mess. Because when we try to clean up our own mess, we make even more of a mess. I remember, I, this is a safe place, so I remember I used to really, really was heavy in masturbation and pornography. And I, I was, got saved when I was 14, and I fell off the wagon. That's what I used to call it. And I fell off the wagon, and I hid under the, under the blanket, because I was in my bedroom, and I hid under the blanket. And God, like, I can hide from God. And I, he stuck his head through the blanket. He said, I'm still here. I was like, dang, dang. 
But see, that's the thing. Adam, when he screwed up, he ran from God. See, we have to run to him. And in that, in that, in that same encounter, I had a dream that night. And it was like I was in the water and in the natural, I can't swim. So it was like I'm in this water and I'm like, I'm... And then it's like this hand, the water turns into this hand. And it's, it, it lifts me up out of the water and he holds me up like this. He said, I will always sustain you. And then he let me back down gracefully. And then when he let me down, check this out, I was swimming. I was swimming. So that righteousness piece, you know, when God, for, wow, when God, for, when, when we confess, Lord, I screwed up, I'm sorry. That's okay, I forgive you. Forget it. Forget it. Because the Bible says, I remember your sins no more. So when you're trying to bring back up to God, Lord, I, I went back to smoking. Lord, I went back to drinking. Lord, he's like, I don't remember that. And you're dishonoring him. When you're trying to make him remember a sin that he totally forgot. Do you know how far the east is the west is? Because that's how far he separated our sins. It's, it's nowhere in sight. So it's like, you know, that whole righteousness piece is important because the enemy will try to remind you of what you've done and what you didn't do and what you could have done. You don't have to do anything. Just receive Jesus and take on his nature. Amen? Okay. Oh, God, this is like a page and a half of righteousness. So what is prayer, finally? Prayer is a meaningful fellowship and is meaningful fellowship and communion with God. It's just talking to him. Like how we are right now. This is the living room. We're just talking. You know, God is talking to us. He's, I'm, I'm hearing God and I'm, I'm speaking. I'm pouring out what he's telling me to say. And I hope prayerfully he's speaking to you as, as I'm teaching and giving you revelation and more insight. So it's just talking. So it's, in other words, it's a relationship. Do you know God is more relational than he is sovereign? He really is. When he, when he met Adam in the cool of the day, it wasn't to go over the, the checklist of, oh, I need you to name this animal dog. I need you to name this one zebra. No. He can't, son, how you doing today? Are you having a good day? I'm glad to see you. You know, just talk. It's relationship that God is after. One of the ways we get things done, the only way to get things done with God is through prayer. You know, my mother, <laughs> my mother, when I was first born again, she used prayer as like an emergency kit, you know, and she would walk past the bedroom and I would be on my knees praying. She would come run back. What's wrong? I'm like, there's nothing wrong. I'm just, you know, praying. And it's like, um, you know, then she, then she realized she was like, oh, you know, she realized that I have fervent prayer. And then she's like, well, I think I'm going to get written up today. Pray for me. You know, and then I would pray for her, and then God would bless. You know, he would bless, and, and so it was like, you know, she didn't have that much of an issue walking by seeing me praying because the prayers were fervent, for, at least working for her. But we have to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So how, we are to, how are we to pray? We pray the word of God. We exercise our authority as believers when we pray the word. Praying the word causes our prayers to be effective because we're praying the will of God. The seed is the word of God, right? Right? Okay. As long as you're still here. The seed is the word of God. The seed is incorruptible. 
In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if the seed is incorruptible, and the seed is God, name me something that God can't do. You know? And it's like, if you got a situation, put the word on it. Because guess what? If the word was God and the word was with God and the word is God, if I'm, a, if I'm speaking his word, I am literally dispatching God to the situation to handle it personally. I wouldn't do it anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go off of what I think I should pray. I would just pray, say what God said, the way he said it. And I guarantee you, it will not fail. You will get the, de- the desired result. You know, the word of God is designed to take whatever situation, whatever hardship, whatever circumstance through a miracle exchange and bring it back in line with heaven's government. Because the word of God will uproot anything that is not of him out of your life and out of the lives of others if you're, if you're praying for someone else. But the key is that in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, you got to believe what you say when you say it. Because I can keep on talking, going on and on and on about prayer. And about laying a foundation about identity and righteousness. But if thou canst believe all things are possible, if you don't have faith, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You got to believe in the things that you say because your words have power. When we release that word, it creates. The word, the word, the, the, the original intent for words was to create, not to communicate. And, and I see this on social media a lot, and my nephew says this, and, and you know, he's like, if we see something funny, you got the laughing and crying emojis, and then I, as I quote, I'm dying. No, you're not. It's just funny. It's real funny. You know, death and life lies in the power of the tongue. Oh, my, my head is killing me. My feet is killing me. You know, we have to, we're going to have to give account for the idle words that we use. And, and when we start being mindful, I, I, just, I just challenge you, just, just take one, just 24 hours and just really, really examine the words that you use in conversation. Because you're going to realize, oh, my God, like I'm, really, I'm, I'm cursing myself, you know? And God wants, Jesus came that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Don't cancel out what he did for you. We're supposed to be good stewards over what he died for us to have. I'm back on my note now. The enemy tries to use words of darkness to get you to express yourself, which is wrong words. You know, say what God says about the situation. Pray according to his will, 1 John 5, 14. And this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So we can see God's revealed will in, in the scriptures. And so as the word goes out, it creates. And it sends, we send the word out by speaking it. So his word that goes forth from out of, our mouths, it don't return to him void. It, it will accomplish what he pleases. And it will prosper in the thing whereto he sends it. So if you're praying outside the will of God, your prayer is doomed before you even open your mouth. 
So don't pray for anything that you can't find the promise for it in the Bible. Use your God-given authority. Jesus has given the church his authority, his name, and his power. And it's up to us to use it against Satan. Satan has absolutely no protection whatsoever, especially when we're praying the word. Because it's the sword of the spirit, Ephesians 6, 17. We are to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Can we pull up John 16, 23, and 24 in the King James Version, please? Thank you. That's okay, no worries. I'll read it because I'm, yeah, I'll read it. Um. Many people, well, this is the scripture, but it's like many people pray to Jesus. You know, maybe they heard a teaching or maybe they say, well, maybe I should pray for Jesus for certain things. I mean, I, I don't know. But the scripture says, and in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. So I don't see any exceptions to that in the word of God where we are to pray to Jesus. No, we pray to the Father in Jesus' name. I heard um, an actor, <laughs> Tyler Perry, he said, praying in, you know, Medea, he, he said, praying in Jesus' name, put the stamp, means putting the stamp on the prayer. <laughs> you know, but yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Write that down, that joke didn't go over that well. <laughs> This right here. Don't use that anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, giving thanks. You know, having a thankful heart opens the way for it for effective prayer. Um, I gave thanks. I was. Um, I was. My husband. I didn't know. He's he's so sweet. He said he wasn't gonna be able to come today, and here he is. I love him so. Um, when, um, the end quarter of, um, 2015, I had told the Lord, I said, you know what, Lord, when I get proposed to, I want to go on the same day trip to New York and I want to be proposed to in New York. So January, 2016, my husband says, babe, you want to go to New York for your birthday? I said, Ooh, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. I didn't tell anybody. That's another thing. I didn't tell anybody about what I it was just me and God. So March 8th came, that's my birthday, and we went to New York, and we had a wonderful day. My husband is the first of many things. My husband is my was my first boyfriend. And so he's the first, my first date for Valentine's Day, because nobody took me out because they thought I was too voluptuous. <laughs> but that's okay, he saw my heart, you know. So... Um, we went to, so anyway, we had a wonderful day and we went, went to LaGuardia. We, it was, we left early because it was like a lot of traffic. And so he said, well, let's see if we can get on an earlier flight. And I said, okay. So I said, well, um, I'm praying in the spirit and I'm getting resistance. I'm like, Lord, are we not supposed to get on this plane? What's going on? And so he comes back. He said, babe, he's like, uh, it costs like 500 some dollars to get on that flight. I said, you know, we could just take the plane that we paid, already paid for to go home. And so this Thanksgiving began to well up inside me. And I said, you know, I've never been out of town with anyone except family. 
I said, you showed me a wonderful time. He sponsored the trip. He paid for the trip. And I, I said, I, I really thank you for making this happen for me on my birthday. And I said, but I have a confession to make, though. He was like, well, what's that? I said, well, you know, I said on the last quarter of 2015, I kind of told God that I wanted to go to New York and be proposed to in New York like a, on a date, same day date. And I said, well, you didn't have a messenger bag or anything. And I said, so they got to carry the ring somewhere. And I said, but you didn't have that. I said, but you know what? I know that God promised you to me. So when you propose to me, it's going to be so beautiful. He was like, oh, all right. With that being said, he stood up and went in his pocket, pulled out this ring wrapped in toilet paper. And he, I'm like, he just could have kept it in the box, but he needed toilet paper. And he gets on one knee and he, he proposes. He said, he said, sweetie, he said, I love you so much. He said, we've been through a lot. That's what he said. We've been through a whole lot, but I really love you. And will you marry me? And it was like, <laughs> I was like, I kid you not, the spirit of the Lord came, and he, he was right here next to me. He said, Wendy. I said, huh? Say yes. I said, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm on the horn. I'm calling everybody. I'm like, Walter proposed to me, blah, 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 blah. And Walter's having an encounter with this passenger that's a traveler, rather, uh, two rows behind me. But I didn't know that. So when I am get off the horn, he said, babe, this woman, uh, took a, he took a, she took a picture of us when I proposed to you. And um, I said, oh, I said, oh, my God, it's so sweet. I, I got the, don't take my phone, y'all. I know y'all ain't thieves, but I'm going to pass the phone around so you can see the picture. But it was like, I said, oh, I said, I went to go, turn. I said, um, what lady? He said, the woman that was sitting right there. And I said, she's not there. And the Lord said, I wanted to capture that moment for you. So it's like, I'm jumping ahead on my note here. When you intercede for people, there's a benefit to intercession for you. I interceded for women who desire a husband. God has showed them they're man of God. Um, and I prayed for them, turned my plate over for them, didn't I, honey? And I was the only one that got married. I said, Lord, what, 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 what happened? He said, because you were faithful, you interceded, and you were committed. He said, and I honored that. And I got married. And to this day, they're still not married, the women that I pray for. So there's a benefit to when you're committing to, to, to God in prayer, because it's our duty anyway. It's our duty to lift up the brethren. It's our duty to lift up those who are lost. It's our duty to lift up those who need deliverance. It's our duty. It's our duty. Um, so anyways, um, there are different types of prayer. I'm just going to read the type of prayer. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's for your homework. All right. <laughs> prayer of petition, prayer of faith, prayer of consecration, Prayer of commitment. Those singles who want a husband. I'm telling you. You know, I prayed this. It's funny. I don't even know why I brought this. Now I know why. Because praying for your husband, a 31-day devotional. And I prayed that for my husband. And it was like, as I 
I did, and I mind you, let me let you know, I couldn't stand Walter. I thought he was arrogant at first. Didn't know he was my mate, but amen. But I prayed this, and, and God spoke to me in the midst of this devotion. He said, you know your husband's a pastor. Ooh, really? Yeah. And I gave me, just receive it. He's teaching, and God is working on him. He's, he's, he teaches um, at, the, at our youth, at the, he's a youth ministry at um, Living Word. But, um, but it's just kind of like, you know, I sowed that seed of righteousness in my heart for a mate, and I have my harvest. So, prayer of commitment, um, prayer of praise and adoration, um, going to God, just loving on him, not asking him for anything. Um, prayer of agreement, that's a powerful prayer. You know, one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Um, united prayer, coming together corporately as a group of believers and praying together, that's going to be us in a few minutes. So, um, uh, think about the Tower of Babel. You know, they were going to build a tower all the way to heaven. And God saw that unity because they were going to do it had not God stopped them and confounded their language. He confused their languages because they were, they were, they were going to do it. That's the power of agreement. You know, united prayer. Kinda, it kind of goes hand in hand. Prayer in the spirit. One of the major types of prayer, praying in tongues. Because sometimes prayer is not words. It's groanings that cannot be, uh, words that cannot be uttered. It's, you know, it's the Holy Spirit praying through you back to God. That's what praying in tongues is. And it's a language that Satan does. He can't understand it. He can't decipher it. He can't, he just has, he's ignorant to it. He can't discern it. He has no discernment. He's dark. He has no light. He's dumb. He's dumb. Um, and I recommend praying in tongues every day anyways, because it builds up your inner man. It sharpens your discernment and Wisdom and prophetic insight is downloaded to you when you're praying in the spirit. So, um, intercession and intercessory prayer. You know, you're standing in the gap for a person, for someone who missed it, or they can't quite get to God, and it's all based on love. It's all based on love. It's, say, it's saying that I'm going to stand in the gap for others. I'm going to allow God to look at my heart for him to judge them. And if my heart's posture is from a place of love, that is how he's going to judge them. He's not going to judge them based upon sin. And through intercession, that is how an unsaved person can get a prayer answered. Because they don't know God. But we do. Um, so, all the way to the end. Um, Pastor Danny, so gracious, um, allowed me the opportunity to activate you in intercession. I want to do that for you right now. Um, first, did you get something out of this? Um, intercession will change your life and your understanding you know, concerning prayer. And you can literally possess the world and the earth right in your prayer closet because everywhere your foot treads upon, he gives, he's giving it to you. So um, if we could stand, that would be so awesome. And let's just take 10 seconds. Oh, you're here. Oh, Jesus, you're here.
I hope you've been stirred up for prayer. And as a child of God, it is our duty to pray. And so I'd like to do this activation for intercession. And um, afterwards, we're going to exercise our authority and pray for the Ukraine. Amen. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. I decree that, this, this, that the seed of the word of God has been planted into good soil. Father, these are your beloved sons and daughters in whom you are well pleased. Father God, I activate your people for intercession. And in Jesus' name, awaken the spirit of intercession within them. In Jesus' name, awaken the warrior spirit from the depths of their being. Awaken the godly violence that grabs hold of heaven and brings it down to earth. Awaken their hunger for spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Most importantly, awaken the love of God that is shared abroad in their hearts. For intercession is a labor of love. Father, you sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap for the land before you for the land that sh- it, that you should not destroy, but you found none. But my decree is that this day your search is over. Your intercessors are here, ready and reporting for duty. We're yielded to your Holy Spirit. We're in step with the leadership of your Holy Spirit. We're ready to pray faithfully, decisively, forcefully, lovingly, truthfully, steadfastly, earnestly, fervently, positionally, authoritatively, and masterfully. We're ready to serve you, God, at a moment's notice. We've been equipped because you've taught our hands to war and our fingers to fight. And we're ready to advance and hold and occupy till you come. And we thank you, Father, that they are sealed in this new mantle. And they shall go forth in holy boldness, declaring and releasing the word of God for your people on their behalf. And I thank you for the victories that not only that the people that they're praying for shall receive, that they'll receive victory in their own lives as well. From that is the position from which they pray from. We thank you and give you praise for it, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. You've been activated. It's the intercessors of God. Now, don't sit on this. Please, don't sit on it. You're, wow. I, your prayers mean a lot to me. They're, a, they're an incense to my nostrils. As soon as you open your mouth, they come to me speedily. Especially when they're filled with faith. I won't let the enemy touch you. But go forth in this anointing. This anointing will remove burdens and destroy yokes off the lives of people. And if there's an area of deficit in your life, Pray for someone who's going through the same thing so that you can receive breakthrough just like them. Father, we love Ukraine. 
Pastor Danny, I don't, I feel like someone else should pray for Ukraine. I don't, if you want to make that call, I don't want to, I don't, I feel like someone needs to, that's already been activated, needs to come forth and do that. Anybody out there feeling that prompting from God? Father, right now we just join with our fellow believers around the world speaking your will be done in the Ukraine. We just thank you, Lord, that stuff is happening unseen, supernaturally, that you're guarding the people that are hiking out of Kiev, the capital, and other cities toward Poland and hiking toward Moldova for sanctuary and refuge. We just thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters standing strong, standing faithful, praying, interceding, standing their ground. And right now, we just push back the evil that has infiltrated the leadership of Russia. We just push back the evil and declare and decree that your name will be preached and declared in the leadership houses of Russia. That Putin will continue to hear your name until he concedes and says, I'm yours now. So we just thank you, Lord for using this as another spoon to stir up the global revival that is happening and surfacing. And we will continue to move forward. Our heads will not be in the sand. Our hearts will be with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine until you have made this crisis pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Connie. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, could you say thank you to Wendy one more time? Not killer. Incredible. What a treat. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I love about what Wendy's sharing today is I, uh, uh, what came to mind, the picture God gave me, um, was he, he well he said I'm expanding your bowl I said what do you mean our bowl and he kind of reminded me he knows I knew this but a goldfish you know like you get from the pet store those tiny little bags a goldfish in the wild when it's got a nice big bowl let's say just an infinite ocean it's not salt water but you know what I mean it's got a nice big bowl goldfish I think I've heard they've grown up to like 30 pounds that's like a prize huge catch. Like a 30 pound goldfish is enormous. They say a goldfish won't grow beyond, it, it, the, the growth of a goldfish depends on the size of its bowl. So what God said to me today is, with what Wendy was teaching, he said, I'm expanding the bowl. I'm showing you that there's more room for God to work here. So not only is our understanding of what God can do, of who he is, that's expanding, but it's also giving us the opportunity to grow into our new God-sized bowl that's happening in our minds. To say that, you know, we have responsibility to pray and intercede on the earth. That Maybe that's responsibility and that's room 
that I didn't know was there, but now that it's there, I can grow into it. And even knowing that, you know, our prayer is powerful and effective and that it, it matters saying, oh, maybe, and, and if I pray, I can change things on the earth. Well, maybe I should start behaving as though that were true. And maybe if I did, I would start to grow. So as our understanding of God grows, we can grow into that space. He wants us to grow with him. He wants to constantly invite us into where he is. And he's in places, maybe we just learned for the first time that God's bigger than I thought he was. And he's saying, yep, come here with me. I'm over here. He's inviting us to grow, to to fill the space that he is in. He's expanding us today. Um, So thank you, Wendy, for bringing that message. And thank you for expanding our bowl. God was able to do that for us today so that we can grow into it. So, um, yeah, and I think in a, in a situation too, like, you know, war, you know, Russia and Ukraine, that's, that's heavy and that's hard. And sometimes it feels like prayer is the only thing we can do, but that's powerful. That's not nothing. And if that's all we can do, that might be all you need to do. Maybe that's enough. And just as a reminder too, to, to not get consumed by that story, because like we talked about months ago on the focus message, it is big and bad and terrible, but don't, don't surrender your own mission, getting swept up by the fear and chaos of what's going on in the world. We have to be people that are praying for the, for the broken, for the oppressed, for those at war, those who are suffering, but don't ever become consumed by it. Don't lose sight of your mission. Don't lose sight of what God is doing. Because if you're only looking at what the enemy is doing, don't forget what God is doing in the middle of it. Um, so be encouraged. You know, there's hard times out there, but God is still winning. So anyways, let's pray one more time. Father God, thank you for expanding our bowl, expanding our understanding of you. God, that as we speak, we create. Not only do we communicate, but we create. Our words matter. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, God. And you gave us that tongue. And God, we surrender it to you. It belongs to you. God, use us. Even something as simple as our words, the words out of our mouth, God, you can have them. You can have them. Use us. God, use our thoughts, use our prayer to be powerful and effective in this world that as we speak, that the world around us and the world within us changes. God, we surrender ourselves to you. God, thank you for this gift of communication with you and that you have made us co-creators with you through our prayer, through our speech, through our relationship with you, God. Thank you for being a relational God who calls us higher, who calls us into the dark places to be a light, to defeat an enemy that has already been defeated. God, expand us, grow us to fill all of you. May there be no part of you that is, that we have not seen, that we don't explore, God. We love you, God. Grow us, change us, and change this world through us. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, 
please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.